Hello again, friends, and welcome to My Back 40 and the My Back 40 podcast. I'm your host, Steve O'Shaughnessy. Hope everyone's doing okay. Hope everyone's getting out there and enjoying the nice spring weather. May is upon us. It's uh, It's been sunny, it's been rainy, it's been all over the place, but things are greening up nicely. I uh, hope you're getting out there and maybe uh, camping a little bit if you find some time. And uh, yeah, I hope to get out for an overnighter. Uh, maybe today, we'll see. Might leave in the evening, find a place to sleep out on uh, out towards Briscoe, and then uh, maybe come back along Westside Road uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, I generally don't sleep that well anyway, so I'll probably just... It's more of a shakedown ride, I think, more than anything, but it'll be nice to get out for 100K or so and uh, get those wiggles out. Um, I wanted to uh, thank everyone again for tuning in and and thank for thank you my to my supporters, uh, Eric Ross, Joanne Maurice. Uh, I had an anonymous uh, donator as well who I'd want to thank as well very much. Uh, helps me grow, and I'm glad you guys are digging the contents. If you want to support me, you can head on over to myback40.org and uh, slash support and check out some of the options there but you could also support me in other ways you can give me a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening on you can share it you can rate it um you can uh, write a review i love getting the reviews and uh, so far they've been fantastic and i'm glad um, everyone's enjoying it i also wanted to share with you a couple of uh, promo codes from Ryan Draper at Cycling 101. He's a NACBAR ambassador. So if you head on over to NACBAR.com, N-A-A-K-B-A-R.com, you can save 20% at checkout if you use the promo code Ryan. Uh, and they also have free shipping over 50 bucks, I believe. So um, you should be able to get whatever stuff you order for free, shipped for, <laughs> shipped to you for free, not for free. I didn't say that. But um, yeah, use that promo code. And of course, we're still running the Cycling 101 promo code, which is one one VIP 20 if you want to save 20% off a uh, bike fit or a consultation on your training program. Uh, it's early season, so if you're out there training a little bit and you're feeling some aches and pains in your neck, back, knees, wrists, etc., your bike may not fit you well. So it might be a good time now to reach out to Ryan to get a uh, bike fit done. They can do that remotely. If you take some video of your spin on a trainer, you can send that to them for analysis. And if you use the promo code 101VIP20, you're going to save 20% off that. Today on the podcast, I bring you Robert Bigelow Rubin. I met Robert at the start of the 2018 BC Epic 1000. He had just ridden from, uh, I believe he rode from Victoria. He has dual citizenship. He uh, lives in Chicago, Illinois, and he works for um, a courier collective called Cut Cats Courier. Um, and their website is cutcatscourier.com, just like it sounds. And uh, let me read a little bit about these guys and gals. Uh, pretty cool setup here. Cut Cats Courier, your food, right meow. Cut Cats is a company comprised of cycling enthusiasts whose mission is to cultivate and promote a self-propelled lifestyle and community. We are collectively owned and operated. We understand that we are individually nothing without the people who surround us. Our expertise lies in food delivery, but we would love to bring you whatever you may need. I kind of cut out a lot of the COVID stuff at the beginning. Uh, we talked a bit about that uh, for a little bit, but uh, yeah, they, their business was doing great because they're basically delivering food to people who are sheltering in place. And uh, I think that it's, you know, it was considered a, an essential service. So uh, lucky, luckily for Robert, he was, uh, he was still working when we were talking, and I'm sure he still is now as uh, the people need stuff. They need stuff. They need it delivered. And um, bike messages are, are probably the most efficient way you could probably get stuff to your house, especially in a big city with lots of traffic. So uh, really cool guy. It was really cool to talk to him. So like I said, uh, we met at the BC Epic 1000. Uh, he had ridden his bike, I believe, from Victoria. Um, like I said, he was a dual citizen, so he, uh, I believe he has family in Victoria. And then he lives uh, in Chicago as a bike messenger. And um, yeah, he rode there. Unfortunately, he had some Achilles issues and he had to kind of drop out of the race um, in and around Nelson. But uh, we, we met kind of as I was heading to the ferry and had a good chat and, you know, a little hug and fist bump. And yeah, he, he's a cool dude, man. And, and um, yeah, I really, really hope you enjoy this conversation. So without further delay, I bring you Robert Bigelow Rubin. Yeah. So how have you been? How have you been? What have you, you been up to? Uh, I'm, I've been well. Uh, I've been, yeah, just uh, doing my 
my my usual stint of uh, working working like crazy over the winter and, and trying to get out of the city for kind of like an extended extended trip every summer. Yeah. Uh, but then this year was a little different. I I, uh, I did a big kind of winter trip which I'd never done before, which was very fun. Yeah, it looked awesome. And uh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, it was so cool to like go out go out to Morocco like on the curtails of that of the AMR and and uh, like do it way way chiller, but. Uh, just kind of have that as like almost like a, a base of information beforehand. You did the same route? And we did like maybe like 60% of it um, of, of the route itself. And then we just added our own parts and we decided to cut out like the, like the crazy, like masochistic parts of it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was definitely like still fairly hard. Um, but uh, yeah, probably one of the coolest trips I've ever taken. Awesome. Well, we'll we'll dive into that yeah. probably in a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So you're saying you're in Chicago? <clears throat> I am in Chicago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I've then, lived here for like almost well, six and a half years, I guess. So were you were you born in Canada? Are you Canadian by birth? I I was born in Canada. Okay. Yeah, Canadian by birth. So what's what's that <laughs> yeah. story like? Where, how did you end up in Chicago? Uh, it's. Uh, yeah, a little, I mean, a little convoluted, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I was living in, uh, Vancouver, um, and I was working as a, a bike messenger there, uh, which, I mean, I still do that here actually, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was working there and, uh, there's like a yearly, almost, almost like the bike packing summit. There's like a, a yearly, uh, cycle messenger world championship, um, yeah. that happens in different cities all around the world. And in 2012, it was in Chicago, and I decided, me and two friends from Vancouver decided to go travel here for that, and had, like, the most amazing, you know, eye-opening trip. It was just, like, a trip of a lifetime, and met so many amazing people, and had so much fun. And so, like, over that next year, I uh, kind of kick-started my travel bug, and, like, went to a couple different events in different cities, and I went to one in New York and like, I was just convinced. I was like, I have to live in New York city. I have to like, <laughs> at the time I was like very, very amped on living on living in New York city. So yeah. I like basically a year later moved to New York uh, to work as a messenger and uh, surprise, surprise that didn't really work out. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was just like, it, it was fun. I just like, didn't uh, at the time just didn't have the resources to to stay there but uh had been in chicago before so i gave that a shot uh and then i just never left <laughs> is uh is new york super expensive is that what you meant like by uh yeah it was like the combination of of being very expensive and the the first job i got was uh pretty kind of low low on the totem pole so i just didn't uh uh, you know, maybe in different circumstances, I would have been able to kind of push through it. But at the time, it was it was pretty tight. And uh, luckily, I had a couple friends here that were that were like, you know, trying told me they could help me get a job here and find a place for me. So it worked out. And I think ultimately, like Chicago is the better fit. So yeah, and you, so you have dual yeah. citizenship. I do. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, that's that so great. Like, I don't... The whole basis for the whole trip, kind of like. To, to go work in the States and travel around. And then yeah. I just actually never left. <laughs> I've always been envious of people who have uh, dual citizenships a little bit, you know, like whose mom and dad come from, like I talked to Jenny Tuff and she said, Oh, I think her, her dad was Scottish and her, her mom was Canadian mm -hmm. and, and Oh yeah, I'll go to Scotland. Cause I can just, you know, move there and live there. It's like, Oh my God, that'd be so crazy. <laughs> you don't have to deal with the yeah, whole visa sure. passport thing. And <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm really curious about the, uh, I've always been really curious about the uh, bike messenger lifestyle, like that whole, <laughs> just that whole life of, of living on, but do you ride, you ride a fixie, I imagine? <laughs> uh, yeah, primarily. That's like kind of my, my, my work, work bike, workhorse, so to speak. Uh, that scares the shit out of but, me, man. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I rode a fixie. I worked at a bike shop here in town and we had a, uh, giant made this it had a flip-flop hub on the back and it was like a drop bar bike and i worked at the shop and we were allowed to kind of take the bikes out and i remember just taking it out to town it had brakes on it thankfully it had trainer brakes <laughs> on it and i went up to town and there's a there's a big hill going back to the shop and i was like i'm totally gonna do this i think i can do this 
and I started coasting down that hill. There's no way I could control my speed. It was crazy. I've, yeah, it's crazy. So tell me about that. Like, what, what's it like um, ripping around the city on a fixie? Like, must be must be a blast. Uh, it's. I mean, it's very very fun for sure. It's. Uh, yeah, it's it's very fun. I mean, some days it's not fun at all. Uh, but uh, overall, it's yeah, it's it's a cool. Uh, Chicago is a very fun city. Yeah. Work as a messenger. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like every city has its, has its like pros and cons. Uh, so obviously here in the wintertime, it, it can be pretty rough sometimes, um, just with the weather and, um, but it's good. I, uh, yeah, I've been doing it for like almost, almost nine years. So, uh, committed it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much longer it goes on for, but, um, yeah, it's good. I, I work for like a, a courier collective, so we all own the company together That's and cool. uh, run it together and share responsibilities and and uh, so it's cool. It's definitely something that's like kept me more interested in the job um, over the last few years, um, which is nice because ultimately too it can be like you know somewhat of a, a repetitive job. Um, so it's nice to be in a, a situation where I get to work with my friends and and uh uh just like a bit more depth to it i guess yeah and i guess you have to kind of cover all the bases yeah. like you've got to do the marketing you know and then yeah, you know you're sure. marketing you yourself you everything, right yeah, yeah yes, you're out there doing very much so, yeah 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 we're competing with like a lot of these other bigger kind of uh startup delivery companies that just have kind of an endless cash flow to to do whatever they want to do so um we're definitely trying to sell like the more personal um, experience with our, with our clients. Does the, um, the whole idea of the, like the online car rental thing, like the Ubers and, and do they, are they kind of reaching into that world for deliveries? For sure. Yeah. yeah. There's like a Uber, you know, Uber Eats and, you know, Grubhub, DoorDash, all those, all those companies, um, which supply they like their own car delivery or bike delivery. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, we're, we know we probably provide a better service than yeah, those, for those sure companies. Uh, so I just kind of getting the word out. That's cool, man. So yeah. do you know how many miles you put on in, in a year <laughs> just with your job? Uh, you know, I used to actually record it every day. Yeah. I did it for like half a year or something like that. And then it just like at one, at one point you just kind of give up cause you kind of, it's the same every day kind of thing. But, yeah. uh, I don't know. I think I would say an average, an average day I was doing maybe like, uh maybe like 30 to 40 miles um but you know some days uh some days would be like closer up to like 60 or 70 and some days would be like 20 um so yeah i have no idea what i do for a year but uh yeah but that's um, still what would that be like a couple thousand would it be a couple thousand i'm thinking in kilometers like a couple thousand kilometers a month that's yeah, good, probably. good, good base miles. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, good base miles. A lot of it's garbage miles for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you like probably a lot of, like stopping, stopping, and starting, and and uh, but I mean, I I would definitely be. I mean, it definitely has added to to you know fitness for sure. Sounds very uh very cross, like a very cycle cross. Yeah, kind right? of. Yeah, I like, mean, this is kind of the joke that messengers are are good at can, are, uh, can be good across because like you're you're hopping on and off your bike and you're carrying your bike upstairs and. That's where uh, stopping and starting. So. Yeah, man. I, I remember uh, I think it was I told Ty Dahman this this story where I was I worked downtown Vancouver and I was walking back to my car and you know I was there's bike messengers everywhere and I remember mm-hmm. seeing a guy I was walking uphill. <clears throat> excuse me, just up in the morning, morning throat. <laughs> no, I feel you, man. <laughs> um, I uh, I was walking up to my car and I saw this this bike messenger coming. He was fucking flying. He was flying down the hill. And he did the little, like the little nosy so he could stop his rear wheel kind of thing. Yeah. And then he, he yeah. did full lock and I, he probably slid half a block and he, he just like, like a scud missile. He just went boop into the bike rack, just like and just put it in and then whipped his lock out and like some fancy whoosh. And then suddenly it was all locked up and he was running inside that, that transition. It was like a, like a triathlon transition. It was so fast yeah. and it just it reeked of someone who's just so one with their rig. Like they're just so one with their bike and the terrain. It was totally. awesome. 
Yeah, I really like that. That's funny. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Heart, it's uh, yeah. hardcore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. I I I love it. It's really uh, you know, despite you know who knows who knows if I will continue on for it uh, much longer. But it's it's been a very uh, huge part of my life. Yeah. Uh, not only the job, but like the people I've met and the places I've been able to travel uh, because of it. And uh, it's probably like stemmed my like full interest in cycling because of this this job. That's cool. Tell me about the yeah. um, the world championship thing. I saw. I watched mm-hmm. a video yeah. on YouTube, and I don't know if it was in if it was a New York City one or not, or if it was just a fixie uh, specific kind of race. But they mm-hmm. just did this massive loop, and they were all uh, you know the whole group was on fixies, and and you know it it, it has spectrum of like kind of like super elite spandex people and then the dirt bags <laughs> on the other end kind of yeah. thing and and some of the some of the the those quote-unquote elite fixie riders they're fast man they're fast and and they they were showing like a behind view of this guy spinning down a hill and of course mm-hmm. you know he, he kept his feet on the pedals but his cadence must sure. have been like 200 rotations a minute he was like no 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 he's flying down this hill i couldn't believe it so is that kind of what they are is like is it like a race of town or they're tell me about these events yeah so i mean they kind of vary from city to city because each city kind of has their own spin on it but the the general idea is that it's like a uh you know a weekend or three or four or five days of events and and parties and um you know, there's always like side events of like group rides or like little uh, or like alley cats, you know, which are like just like open checkpointed races through the city kind of thing. And but then the main event is, is uh, I guess what you call like a work simulation, which sounds incredibly nerdy, which it very much is. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's cool within the messenger world, I guess. <laughs> and it's just like a, a closed course. So it's like a, a fake a fake uh, course or like, you know, roads um, to simulate like streets uh, and then with checkpoints and then you get like a, a manifest with all your uh, fake jobs for the day and they're all worth amount, uh, you know, a certain amount of fake money and you um, then you have to, usually the format's a little different every time, but you basically have to, the first one to complete all the jobs and make the most money is crowned the uh, uh, courier champion of the world. I don't think that sounds geeky. <laughs> I think that sounds kind of fun, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's incredibly fun, and I I, I, I always have a great time. But yeah. uh, it's, uh, yeah, so it's it's more, and the reason why it's like a, a closed course is just to, like, uh, have it in, you know, fair across the board. Of course. Excuse me. Um, fair across the board, depending on where city, what city it's in. That way the locals don't have... A, uh, a leg up kind of thing. How many um, um, how many participants are usually in these things? Like hundreds? Uh, yeah, I'd say. I mean, it depends where where in the world it is, but um, I say yeah, anywhere from like you know two to two hundred, maybe. I I remember one year it was in Paris, and oh and cool, so it was like yeah, so there was like six six hundred, seven hundred people doing the uh, qualifying. So it was, it was a lot. Holy of shit, sure. that's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And it must be just like what you said, like the bikepacking thing or the like I've I've been to one uh, single speed world championships and it's kind of the same. It's just like a weekend. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a party. Totally. There's yeah. the the, it's this, the the kind of spectrum of, of athletes there and that sounds like a blast. And and it doesn't matter where you're yeah. from, I'm sure everyone just gels, right? Like Oh, it's it's great. I mean the the joke is that it's like a messenger summer camp. So you <laughs> see all your you see all your messenger friends from across the world yeah. that you only ever see at at worlds and you catch up and and uh i mean there's always it's like you know people take the racing very seriously for yeah. sure but it's also a huge party uh as oh, you yeah. can imagine and there's uh yeah it's like for that you know four days or five days it's like it's going strong for sure it's very yeah. fun you guys are tough man that's that's awesome <laughs> it'd be super fun my uh, an old friend of mine used to bike messenger i i, I never heard his, any of his stories but i don't think he lasted uh too long in it but i, I think he dug it I think he was doing it. I thought he was doing it in Vancouver, but <laughs> this was a generation ago, a long time ago. That's awesome. So you and I met. Um, we first met at the uh, 2018 BC Epic. That's right. And didn't you ride your bike to Merritt from Vancouver? 
<laughs> I, I did, yes. Probably, looking back at it, probably not the best idea. <laughs> but, but I did, yes. Yeah, with the base miles, though, you know. You still you looked fresh when I first met you. It's like this, this guy rode here from Vancouver. Look at this guy. So do you think that? Uh, so you ended up scratching kind of um, at the ferry, right? You had an in, uh, yeah. struggling with an injury, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that ride in from Vancouver yeah. just exas- exasperated that? Uh, it's hard to say. It, it it very possibly could have. I'd also done like basically a week and a half before that. I did a tour down Vancouver Island. Right. Uh, so probably accumulative with all of those potentially, but I mean, it very well could have just been, you know, my, it was my first race. Uh, it could have been poor pedaling position, poor cleat position, uh, all, a number of things. You ended so, up having uh, knee, uh, was it knee issues that you had? No, it was my, my Achilles tendon. Oh, Achilles. Super, super inflamed, like really, really inflamed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. End up was, dropping it, the saddle. It sucked. And it sucked, yeah. Probably end up just yeah. pedaling with your heel, right? Because you can't flex totally. your Totally, yeah. I know, and like, actually at the time, I didn't know that you could um, uh, bump your cleats back all the way back and try to relieve some of the the, the pressure that goes into pedaling when, on your Achilles when pedaling and, and lowering my saddle. So I think that's probably definitely what antagonized it a bit more, just like not you know, like maybe slowing down a little bit, but not like changing anything specific on the bike. Yeah. Did, um, did you start walking up Gray Creek Pass and then discover that? Or did you, did you get to the other no, side? No, no, this is before. I like this. It really, it really flamed up on that, like that really uh, kind of false flat ascent um, out of uh, Salmo. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then I descended into Nelson and just got a hotel room one night or one of the nights and, and then kind of iced it from there and then had this plan to kind of make the decision in the morning. And then that's when I rode to the ferry and even, and that was all road. Yeah. And like it still all, sucked, right? Just like, yeah, it still was really, really bad. And yeah. so I called, called it at the ferry. I took the ferry across just, just for kicks. <laughs> yeah. Just to, just, yeah, just to do it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's when I ran into you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good time. I had a good time on that, on that race. That was super fun. Do you have any other ones planned? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was, uh, uh, you know, registered, I guess, or, uh, oh, it's my roommate, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Talking to you. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> um, yeah, I was reg- registered, and I mean, I guess this plan is still to do the um, Tour Divide this year. Oh, you are? Cool, man. Uh, yes, yeah. And uh, obviously, with everything going on, I'm feeling uh, a little little unsure of, of uh, uh, what's going on with that, and kind of just been focusing more uh, just like locally with my life and all that. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's the plan. Uh, it sounds like if everything stays the same as it is now, people are just going to start at the border. I guess. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I've only been tuned in a little bit of, of some of like kind of the, the talking about that, but it sounds like that's definitely, um, definitely an option. Which, yeah. You that's know, a bummer, man. I, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm, I'm more interested in, in just completing something like that mm. and having to go at it and, and seeing how well I could do. But, uh, and if it starts at the border, it starts at the border. It's, yeah. It's not the, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's only what it'll only be what two or three hundred, <clears throat> two or three hundred, maybe four hundred kilometers shorter. I guess that's not too bad. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't know how yeah. far it is. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm planning. Still throwing it out there to the universe. I'm hoping to do it next year. We'll see, though. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah, I turn fifty next year, so I might end oh, up. Oh, sweet. I oh, might... That's a great birthday present. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Suffer on the trail for for three yeah. or four weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about doing something like that. Something really big and um, n- more for the, I think more for the mental exercise, I think than anything else, mm-hmm. like not even, I'm not a contender, right? I'm not going to finish like win it or anything, but, but the, the inward challenge of that, it's going to be, uh, it's pretty awesome. Totally. Yeah. 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 So yeah, um, I mean that's what I'm looking for forward to as well for sure. Yeah. What kind of what kind of bike? Obviously you're not gonna ride Fixie on that. What kind of bike are you gonna ride on that? 
has someone ridden Fixie on? Has someone ridden Fixie on the Tour de you, you know what? I <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's just. I mean, you know, I'm not going to throw shade on anyone that wants to try, but uh, that's I feel like pushing it to some 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 pretty dark levels <laughs> the, the, the descents would just be horrible yeah. <laughs> it's horrible maybe, maybe a flip-flop hub, hub you know you ride 60 yeah. up the hills and then you switch over to single speed on the way down you know yeah i don't know sounds good i don't think that would fit in, in the rules <laughs> of the game i don't think no that's awesome <laughs> Still, you, 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 uh, you were gonna say something there i couldn't i interrupted you oh no yeah i was just uh i was right gonna for the bike i'm riding it's probably gonna be my um my Surly Ogre, which yeah. has just been my my touring bikepacking rig for the last few years. Yeah. Um, if I can, we'll see. I actually just bought my first uh, hardtail mountain bike ah. over the wintertime, and I haven't even ridden it yet. So um, there's a couple of reasons why probably why I shouldn't shouldn't use it yet. But um, it's pretty sweet, and I'd love to try to outfit it to be a proper uh, bikepacking bike. So if I can kind of change a few parts and get that rolling maybe that because it's definitely like the nicer bike um but, it, sorry uh, uh we'll you, see that's your first mountain bike it's my first yeah it's my first uh hardtail i got i mean right. i like I, I call my ogre a mountain bike but i know it's not <laughs> well it's you know those things are designed to go pretty much anywhere right totally yeah but mountain bike geometry is a lot different i don't know i oh, would sure. I, and the ogre you have it set up drop bar no no just oh, okay. uh just like flat bar oh, okay yeah, yeah I, I I haven't tried a drop bar yet, um, like a big wood chipper or something super wide. And mm-hmm. yeah, I I'm I I'm I went built up my other fat bike. I, I got a muckluck this year, and then I just built up my my chromag. That, that was the one I did the BC Epic on. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think I remember you riding the chromag. Yeah, sure. I I didn't want to take my studs out yesterday for a ride because you know we're kind of it's that shoulder season. It's like kind of like mm-hmm. I would have been on asphalt on my studs for so long and. I don't know. It probably doesn't hurt yeah, them, yeah. but it's more of a pain in the ass. But uh, really? once I got on the trail, I was like, oh man, I wish I had my fucking studs because it was so slippery. It was crazy. The amount of confidence the studs give you, it's just bananas. But uh, but yeah, it's... Yeah, I've uh, never ran with studs. Oh yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. I ended up with um, 45 North Rathchilds and they're like a, a, like a 4.6. And I can't, oh, wow. can't remember how many studs they have. I don't know, like 200 and... 50 or 270 studs probably says on the tire but i can't see it from here but um the confidence i give you is just it's crazy like really it's, digs in it oh yeah and and you know you still have to be careful you, you're not going to be like banking turns or anything like that but it does give you a bit yeah, more sure. confidence but i guess what i was saying is i i got the jones bar on that so it was the first ride all winter with the jones bar and i like it i don't like it for trail I don't like it for kind of riding trails and stuff, but but for a it's distance, a little too upright. Um, <clears throat> no, it's just weird having your hands. Um, you know, if you're used to a flat bar. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, just like bent in a little bit. Kind yeah, of so it's kind of like, it's like I always joke. It's like pushing a wheelbarrow through the through the woods. It's because <laughs> your your hand orientation is kind of more forward. Um, yeah. But for long distances, it's so awesome because you can just there's so many different ways you can put your hands on there and hold on. But I would like to try a drop bar sometime, but you know. I don't have any money. I can't afford to buy all these bikes and stuff. Yeah, I had this big, big dream when I was first building my Ogre up, and I really liked the aesthetic of a drop bar in a bike, and I thought that drop bar would be faster and all this stuff, but then purely just to save money and just to build the bike up faster, I built up with a, uh, with a flat bar, and uh, I immediately was on that, on board. It was like, I think that's, I'm way more comfortable on the on the risers than I think I would be with the drop bar and yeah and uh, I'm very very happy with that. It's a long uh, game. I was doing. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I just at least with the longer tours I've done, I feel like it's been a lot easier on my on my wrists and hands. Oh yeah, yeah. That was um, last summer. I I actually bought a steer tube extender. Have you seen those? Oh, wow. Yeah, like no. it's it's kind of embarrassing because it's kind of a, an old man thing to do, right? <laughs> but I, I had on that bike when I did the Lost Elephant, I put the aero bars on it and it was just all way too low. 
Like it was just mm, all yeah. I was down and I couldn't even see over, under the brim of my cap, right? When I was riding. Oh man. So I ended up the, basically, yeah, just take your, your bar and your stem and your spacers off and you put this thing on and it gives you this like four inch uh, post oh, okay, yeah. to, to mount your cool. stem back on. And the, yeah, for yeah. me, that was a game changer, you know, like in terms of back and neck comfort. And uh, it's kind of like riding a townie because it, it jacks you up so high. And you're yeah, just kind of yeah. like, and, and when you're on the Jones bar, you're on the ends and you're just basically like, you might as well have a, like a basket and be going to get, you know, groceries. It's kind of funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. but definitely a good long game strategy. I think for sure. Just being mm-hmm. comfortable. Like, I don't know how those, the guys obviously who are winning, you know, the tour divide, they're on drop bar bikes. And when I see them yeah, riding, totally. I'm like, they don't get like, how do you not get Shermer's neck having your neck like that for so yeah. long? It's just crazy. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure it works for some people and, and with a proper bike fit and all that, I'm sure it makes a difference. Um, and fitness but, uh, too, like just being in shape yeah, for something well, like that. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, for sure. And yeah. having the, you know, working out the right muscles, to like, you know, be in that position all that. But for me, I think the, the flat bars are, are the way to go. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your Morocco trip. <laughs> so how long have you been yeah, planning was, that for a while or? Uh, <laughs> No, it was actually kind of very last minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've uh, a friend uh, who's kind of been doing like a big, big winter. Well, he's been doing for years, but he, he's been doing a big winter bike tour for like the last few years. And he hit me up in August and just sends me a Facebook message. He's, he's Taiwan. Keep in, keep in mind Taiwan. Just Taiwan in the wintertime. Like I'll hit you up in a few months. And I'm like, okay, sure. And then uh and then like on basically new year's uh he sends sends me a message saying uh actually forget taiwan we're going to morocco uh we've already bought our tickets uh here's our flight info uh here's any oh yeah he sends me the the video preview for the amr oh yeah (laughs) Uh, God damn it. And I got to buy a ticket because <laughs> <laughs> that video was awesome. Right. Yeah. Oh man. It was, yeah, it was amazing. And, uh, and then, you know, and then I was looking through the whole website too, which was awesome because they just provided so much info on it. Like the whole, all this, all the checkpoint markers and route info and all that. And, and so it's right there all in front of you. So I just kind of read that and kind of was sold right there. I like kind of was back and forth on it for like a week. Uh, just because it was kind of last minute, but uh, yeah, I, I decided like mid January, basically. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, totally. And so, um, uh, tell me about the trip. Like, have you had you been? Are you you're, are you a well traveled guy? You've been around, right? Uh, yeah, decently for sure. Yeah, I uh, have done most of my traveling uh, through all these like messenger events, um, I've done, they've just kind of been in different cities around the world. Um, and so that's kind of like the, the perspective that I kind of went into for a lot of these cities, but I haven't done too much like out of country, um, bike touring, uh, other than, yeah, just basically Canada and the U S. Right. So this is like my first time out of the, out of North America for doing something like this. What did you think of, uh, of Morocco? Uh, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. So such a cool experience for sure. Very definitely like the most culturally different country I've ever been to. Um, yeah, it was, uh, beautiful and everyone I met was incredibly kind and welcoming and helpful and, and, uh, the food was amazing. Yeah. The scenery was amazing, and and uh, yeah, we got both spent some days in in Marrakesh at the beginning, and uh, so it was like a nice kind of balance between. Well, like most of it was just spent out doing the tour, but it was it was cool being in the city a little bit and having that experience and being a bit more touristy and all that. Did when you told people uh, at home what you were doing, where were you going? How did they respond to that? Going to Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> most people were like. Uh, maybe not like fully confused, but just like very, uh, surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I went to, I went to Morocco. Um, I first, when I first met my now wife, um, she, we were just getting together and she was like, Oh, I'm going to Morocco. Do you want to come? And I'm like, ah, oh. cause it was just like, uh, and I'm not well traveled. <laughs> I haven't been anywhere. So 
we, we went there and I remember telling people like, yeah, you know, I, I quit my job because I asked for a leave of absence and they wouldn't give it mm. to me. So I just said, okay, well, what can I say? I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go travel. <laughs> I was lucky because I just sold my house in Squamish. So I had a little bit of money and I'd never traveled and, and my wife is awesome. So I just wanted to hang out with her. Right. So went to Morocco. But when we told people they were, so many people were concerned that we were going there. Like, oh, you're going to go there? Is that, is that a Muslim country? And I don't know that you should go there. And it's, it's, you know, even then I was like, what are you talking about? You don't even know what you're talking about. Why, why would we be concerned to go to a Muslim country? And, uh, and obviously mm. with everything that's been going on in, in the world with, with, you know, with that, sure. you know, starting with, with, you know, nine eleven and, and moving forward mm. and, and everyone's just thinks that they're just horrible people, but they're just amazing. They're amazing people. And they're, they're the most, um, kind, generous hardworking like uh you know you know in some of the little towns we get hassled a little bit right because mm -hmm. you know the, sure. they're trying to make a go-to and you know they might oh you're looking my experience one experience was um you know again i'm, I'm not well traveled so my anxiety level was kind of high and we're trying to find a uh this hotel that we're staying at in the mountains in chef shawan and uh, we're just trying oh, to find, okay, yeah. yeah, beautiful town, man. So we're trying to find this hotel and we asked a couple people like, oh yeah, yeah, come with me. I'll show you where it is. And they would take you to a different hotel, right? Because they, mm. they want you to stay there, obviously, because, and I understand that, but that's not what I asked, right? So that, that was starting yeah. to make me really impatient. And, um, and then there was this, this man, just this random man standing nearby after our, our maybe second or third <clears throat> issue trying to get to our hotel he mm -hmm. comes up to me he goes tell me my friend what are you looking for and i said we're looking for uh it's called dar tare i think d-a-r-t i mm. can't pronounce but anyway <clears throat> ended up being a beautiful uh, place to stay and um he said come come with me just come and i'm like okay and and everyone everyone that i asked they always wanted money fair enough right i understand that totally. and they're all yeah. they're all, always asking money for the for the help and and so this gentleman takes us up this this alley and then he just points to this blue door and i think it was blue and he's like dartere and i look up and there's a sign and i'm like thank you brother thank you so much for bringing us there and i reached into my pocket <laughs> because everyone else was asking for money right so it's just mm -hmm. you know and i and he was no 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 i just I just want you to be happy, right? I want you to find, he goes, I want you guys to have a good stay here. And he was just, that kind of flipped the switch back for me because, mm -hmm. you know, although I do understand people are trying to make a go of things, um, I just appreciated that. And then, you know, yeah, just, they're awesome people. Yeah. So I was wondering if you kind of had that same, same experience with, oh, don't go there. And it's just like, come on, man. Like 99.9% .9 yeah. of the people on this planet are just, just want to be good to each other. Right. And it's, you, you can't, you can't make a decision on a culture based on, based on the interaction or the, based on what you see of a, a group of extremists kind of just mm -hmm. causing shit, totally. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think most people were, I didn't have too many negative, but just like very, like, I mean, myself included, like most people don't know, didn't know that much or they, they don't know that much about Morocco. And most of my knowledge of Morocco before that was spent probably the month and a half before that kind of researching. So, um, yeah. And yeah, all my, all of our experiences were very nice. And of course we had a few, you know, you know, just, uh, like we probably, we probably got hustled a couple times and, and, uh, and we weren't too cut up about it, but, uh, um yeah people actually very similar to yours we had a couple of one night where we had to like change our route a little bit and drop kind of double back and drop back to a town we like booked a uh kind of hostel various place like online just like an hour before we got there and we're kind of like looking around this town and we couldn't find it and this one guy clearly sees we're lost and he leads us through and we like look we have no idea where we are and he just drops us off directly at at the right spot and kind of same thing he just like wanted us to be he just didn't want us to be lost and wanted us to have a good time so yeah i, was, I think uh, there's um there's a there's an aspect of uh the muslim kind of religion is that they they need to help people i think i think that's part of their their ideology is like to be helpful mm -hmm. and and to like be kind and helpful and 
and th- mm-hmm. when they when they do that that honors Allah right and and mm-hmm. and uh yeah so it's it's fun it was a really good experience and yeah the food and I love olives and every time we went oh, to man. every time we went to a restaurant <laughs> so many olives. oh my god you could just live on olives actually the, all that yeah. fat and all that calories but they would yeah, just they would always bring this big great. bowl and my wife hates olives so I was just like ah and this is the food the food was so good and so inexpensive and yeah, it was awesome. So uh, tell tell us about the route. Like, um, so you say you're about sixty percent on the AMR, and then a little bit kind of just wandering through the desert. Or yeah, yeah, we just kind of um, we basically cut out like the the like crazy hike a bike sections of the AMR. Um, but uh, I think in total it was like maybe like just shy of like twelve hundred kilometers. So so maybe about the same length, but just like with slightly different sections. Um, but yeah, we were both in uh, Atlas and Anti Atlas, and um, we. Uh, I'm trying to think of the first town we. I think yeah, we were through like Asni and Inlail and. Uh, oh, oh, actually, yeah, we did ride through Telouet, um, which was, I think, checkpoint one, um, which was cool. I mean, we were all like <laughs> joking that we were being AMR fanboys riding, riding by the uh, checkpoint one. Rocking, that's, check, that's checkpoint one. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we get our stamp? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, t- totally. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we took a, took a rest day and. Um, our only rest day, I guess, uh, in Uar Zazat, um, which was nice because we were we were pretty we were pretty beat up from riding up and over the the Atlas um, mountains, and uh, yeah, we had a pretty crazy. The the ascent was very very steep, but the descent was like basically like a hike a bike. We just like it was the route we took, just like was unrideable. Uh, so it was like a long time of carrying our bikes down down the mountain just went like remember running into like some shepherds and like <laughs> like you know they they weren't necessarily shaking their heads but you could like almost see them just like shaking their heads like, <laughs> what are these people doing right now <laughs> yeah they don't probably have, they don't understand the concept of the type two fun kind of thing right oh yeah. this is so fun and they're like <laughs> you guys are idiots <laughs> we, looked, we looked really silly like on this like goat trail like carrying down our giant packed bikes for sure yeah, it's adventure though, right? It sounds like a blast. Oh yeah, it, well, like so, it was super great. Fun. <laughs> some some hard days for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. We had uh, uh, I <clears throat> I was the only bike with the with uh, tubeless, and so we had we had a lot of a lot of flat tires. <laughs> yeah, and did you have any yeah. mechanicals? Any flats? Nothing. Uh oh, did I did? Yeah. Did you um, have any flats? I no, I had to like plug my tire once. Mm. Um, but other than that, um, well, other than <laughs> I think this was totally no, like totally my fault. But I, I think I when I initially built my bike up, I, I must have messed up my derailleur chain or something like that. And I fixed it like the first day of our tour, so it was fine. But there was like a a nice clicking sound in my derailleur for about half the trip. Oh, which, that's horrible. Which was pretty brutal for two weeks. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad, but I mean, at that point there was nothing I could do and I didn't want to mess around with it anymore than I had to. So, especially when you're used to riding like a, fi- a single fixed gear bike, which, <laughs> which you don't even hear. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- I feel that way when I like, yeah. you know, I ride trail generally on my single speed, but I usually bike bike pack with gears and I ride gears. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ah, oh, it's so annoying, man. Like it's, your handlebars are so crowded with controls and and stuff like that, and and that's just that constantly, like, you know, even if it's not just you know, you just hear the chain running through the pulleys, and it's yeah, it's kind of yeah, that's what maybe that's why I wear headphones all the time because I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you guys like sleeping out in the desert, and uh, was was there were there any like kind of weird weird vibes just bivying down kind of in random spots, or did you pick your uh, sleep spots caref- more carefully? Uh, I would say they, they were all fairly, um, kind of just like off the road a little bit off the trail. We did have one, um, one night, I think it was our second night camping and such a, <laughs> such a funny experience looking back on it. But we, uh, I think this is like 
day three, kind of like going up towards Telouette, but uh, we camped on this beautiful uh, campsite kind of up above the road, and there was like an abandoned house in the distance, kind of looking out on this like far town, and beautiful, like almost 360 degree view of the mountains. And, uh, but then like the sun was setting, and uh, you see this motorcycle on the road far, far away, like driving up along the road. You can kind of see it whining in the distance, but only, like only the light. And then it's like getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. And he pulls directly up to our campsite. Oh, like, you know, we're a little, little spooked, I guess. And, yeah. and he comes out and in French, he asks if we speak French, um, which one of us is fluent in French. Um, perfect. And perfect. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out he doesn't speak French. He, he speaks, he only speaks, uh, like Berber, Berber Arabic. Um, but he just wanted, <clears throat> he said that he said the initial words in French, but then he kind of holds up his finger and then pulls out a cell phone and he calls someone and then he kind of goes into a full conversation. And, uh, he didn't seem too hostile by any means, but he was talking, he was kind of seemed uh, like him himself didn't seem very threatening, but like just maybe the situation of it being dark and Uh. this random man. And, and uh, he was also in like full, he had his full, like, uh, like pointed hood, like, like, uh, like the the robe uh, kind of thing they wear. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Like the full on. Yeah. 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 Totally. And then he, and then he says something and he points out, to like the mountain across from us and there's like a flashlight that flashes and then he like flashes a flashlight and and then he says something about security and we basically kind of figure that he's the security for like the area and we definitely were not like covert by any means walking no. around in our like our techie like outdoor clothing and our tents and stuff like that so we'd clearly been spotted and they just wanted to see who we were and what we were doing and when he rolled up you probably saw that we were just a bunch of you know campers <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's sketchy yeah. though right so especially you, when you're in another country yeah. and and i find too that the, sure. the language the language has a um an aggressiveness to it you know what i mean like when when they speak it it just it just has this this tonality that Especially when he's on the phone and they're they're speaking Arabic, I, I, it's like, what are they saying? And it sounds like he might yeah. be, you know. Yeah, we we were worried that they were gonna like tell us to leave, and by now it was like almost dark, and right. we were like, not mentally prepped to to pack up and continue down the road. So, um, I yeah, just with his like the way he sounded on the phone, and and uh, it sounded like he was probably just checking in with his other guys and making sure who we were, and yeah. Um, yeah. And then he just kind of hung up the phone and, and waved to us and drove away. <laughs> That's so awesome. no idea what he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was just like, probably our only experience, like camping and having, you know, potential issue. Yeah. I remember having conversations. My wife and I would be sitting in a cafe and, uh, what town are we in? <clears throat> it might've been called, um, Meknez. Meknez? Uh, I can't remember. Another mountain town, but we were sitting at a cafe and, and, you know, uh, you know, we knew zero Arabic, obviously. And then I know a little bit of French and my wife, my wife knows a little bit more French and then a little bit of Spanish. So, so this, this cafe owner would just chat. He'd be chatting to us, but we'd call it Sprench because he would, Chris (laughs) would say, he would say Spanish words and then French words and he would kind of mix, mix them up a little bit. But uh, again, just lovely, lovely people. And uh, yeah, and of course, it, what's what's interesting too is at the end, we were leaving that day waiting for the bus and we talked to, uh, I wish I could remember his name. He's such a sweet man. But um, we were getting ready to go and, and you know, he reaches from like arm's length and reaches out and, and shakes my wife's hand. It's like shakes my wife's hand. And then he comes to me and he just comes right in, right for the double kiss. Right. Cause you know, that's my wife and he has no, like, mm-hmm. you know, in his culture, he sure. probably shouldn't have been touching my wife really. Sure. Right. You know, and, and that's fine. Um, but it was just, it mm-hmm. was interesting. It was an interesting contrast. It's like, okay, you know, nice to meet you. Nice lady. And then, Oh, Hey, this man, I'm going to give him a big hug and a double kiss. <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. It must've been a great tour. Yeah. Yeah. Very, I mean, on that aspect for sure. Very, very interesting. Uh, you know, it was, yeah, very eye-opening for sure. Just seeing the differences and 
and uh yeah ri- riding into like town squares and and like only seeing men and yeah. uh did you have uh, a woman so do you have a woman on your crew i thought i saw a picture of a woman on your crew uh yeah for sure yeah it was like uh uh five of us total um so yeah this is definitely being aware of uh you know like my, our experiences like was very the fact that there was uh five of us and and us mostly being men um it uh it added to like that we you know we had a very certain experience and like not everyone's experience is, is yeah. similar similar to that so it's easy for me to say uh you know everyone was super kind and and welcoming and stuff like that because that's just the experience i had but uh uh yeah it's very different for i feel like maybe people traveling solo and not in a group of five <laughs> for sure did you listen to the chat i had yeah. with jenny tuff oh. i did yes. yeah yeah it's it's interesting hearing that experience you know like uh and and how you know the, the the male athletes just it does it's not even on their radar that that the female mm-hmm. athletes could be having a different experience like a, a vastly mm-hmm. different and even threatening experience you know in some yeah. cases but it sounded like everyone just uh, you know kind of grouped up and kept mm-hmm. everyone safe and not not that, like again mm-hmm. I don't think it's an unsafe area but but uh, right. cult- culturally it's just so different and especially around the the female gender right it's something we mm-hmm. have to be aware of i think we need to go over there yeah but it was i mean with our group of five it was great and we yeah we never had a bad experience whatsoever did you find uh finding food to eat um kind of at resupply kind of weird uh it was tough for sure i mean like you know and given we were moving slower and and we had more time at each resupply points and all that but there were definitely days where you know we couldn't resupply for our entire day yeah and, hey. uh, and even then like there was some town and villages that only had like you know cookies and and uh tuna and actually <laughs> we kind of like halfway through the trip this like kind of figured out that no matter what there's always going to be like canned fish at, at some of these stores so that's good that did uh yeah it was good and it did actually supply us a bit more food for some of our dinners and lunches and stuff uh, so that was good. But, yeah, it's uh, not like you can pack yeah, a tagine and put it in your frame bag, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, we ate, yeah, we ate a ton of bread and mm. uh, laughing cow cheese and yeah. tuna and fruit and orange. You know, one thing was for sure is that there was like a ton of like oranges and, and uh, apples and stuff at a lot of these uh, resupply points. So it did, it did eat a lot of fruit. Yeah, I was telling my kids about that the other day and <clears throat> my daughter mentioned something about orange juice and how it's <clears throat> how the color is not orange, it's actually yellow. And why is it yellow and not orange? And why do they call it orange juice? But uh I was saying, you know what, in some countries like you know, like Morocco or Spain, when you ask for orange juice, they get an orange and they cut it in half and they juice it there. They got they all have these big juicers. <laughs> and that's one thing I missed about that. And the other thing I, I thought Morocco was amazing for was coffee. Did you have some good coffee there? Ah, uh, yeah. So I actually, <laughs> it's funny because I, yeah, we were all, we're like, I, all of us, I think of the group were, were pretty, oh, almost all of us were, were pretty big coffee drinkers. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, you'd order uh cafe noir, like just a small little black coffee and, and it was definitely tasty, but like, I think, yeah, just, <laughs> this is probably like our, our North American side showing. But like we all wanted just like a big cup of coffee, like this, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> which you're just not, you're just not going to get there. Um, yeah. So funny. my my drink of choice for the whole trip was a was a cafe au lait, which is yeah. I guess maybe just a, almost like a latte, I guess maybe. But uh, yeah, it's like half and half, I think, right? Like half yeah, hot milk totally. and half coffee. Yeah, totally. And I liked it just because it was like something you could sip on a bit more than than a uh, just like a little espresso oh, shot kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I love the coffee there. And the other thing I liked when the first place we stayed, <clears throat> they would, uh, they would make us breakfast in the morning and it was like, uh, I think it's called Bagheer, B-A-G-H-I-R. And it's like, um, it's like a pancake. Ooh. If, but if I'm not mistaken, it's got, it might be, uh, it might have yeast in it. So it's very, very bubbly. Oh, it's kind of cool. like, it's like okay, a pancake. Yeah, yeah. It comes like a pancake slash English muffin kind of, kind of thing. And then they would drizzle that, you drizzle that with honey. 
or they'd ha- they'd have like a chocolate spread <laughs> that they get from the store there and whatever. But yeah, the food was amazing. And yeah, bread bread is like I think in that country, bread is just a staple of life, right? Like yeah, like they totally. they make those those little round, mm-hmm. you know, p- pan breads or, or whatever they call it. Yeah, it was awesome, great experience. Yes, I, I ate more bread and olives in that like three <laughs> weeks than I probably have in like the last year. It was it was very good. <laughs> and it's great because you don't poop for like three days, right? Because you've got yeah. <laughs> bread and olives yeah, inside. It helps when you're out in the out in the bush. So, you don't need yeah. to bring so many uh, baby wipes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Do you have another tour in mind that you want to do? Uh, I mean, yeah, always. Uh, if, uh, yeah, if, if I wasn't, um, because this trip kind of came up so, so fast and I wasn't initially thinking about that before, before this trip, I was kind of considering, um, going to, uh, Arizona, uh, which I've been a couple times. And doing doing another tour there. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's probably will happen this year, given that I just came back from this one. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I uh, uh, so my family lives in BC, um, and I used you know I'm somewhat from there, and so I'm always I love riding there. I always want to yeah. go tour there more, uh, and it's easy for me because I have friends and family there, so I can kind of like fly there and kind of use. Yeah, have like a home base and then kind of do a trip from there yeah. rather than like flying and having to like start the trip right away kind of thing. Have you done the Island so, Divide? Uh, like that, that tour up from, um, is it Cape, yeah. Cape Scott? Yeah, yeah. You did that? <clears throat> I really want to do yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I, I started Port, in Port Hardy. I didn't make it all the way to the top, but mm-hmm. I, uh, that was like my first, first solo, uh, tour actually. So that yeah. was, that was very fun. Yeah. Yeah. You, so you did that by yourself. How, how, how many days did it take you yeah. to get back to Victoria? Uh, I did it in like seven, seven days, I think. Cool. Um, I had a couple like smaller kind of rest days and like visited, uh, I have some family up Island and like a friend that lives on Quadra. And so like, I kind of stayed with them on the way down, but then camped the rest and, uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And I kind of, I only found out about it cause I just typed in, uh, Vancouver Island bikepacking yeah. and, uh, found a, found a guy that had done basically routed the entire island himself. Yeah, is that uh, uh, Vic? That's that, right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. I was, was going to try to have a yeah. chat with Vic last time I was on the island. We go to the island every summer as well for a family, oh, cool. family vacation. So, um, nice. yeah, we, we, uh, Chris's family is, uh, uh in and around Duncan, like, uh, Maple Bay. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Maple Bay. Oh, so, Maple Bay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah, my mom had, a family cottage that they went to growing up there oh, like cool. every summer oh nice yeah. and yeah so maple mountains right on one side mm-hmm. so i can basically hop on the single speed and kind of climb out and then just do a big loop of maple mountain and then zuhalem's the same zuhalem is just a bit to the yeah. south so it's like the, right there like awesome trail riding there but i haven't ridden too much around um uh like the south island like victoria and i've never ridden in mm-hmm. cumberland just so busy with the family but we always we always head out to uh, to Tofino for a couple of days uh, with the oh, kids nice. and just hang out on the beach yeah. and yeah, it's it's pretty nice. And every time we we leave the island, I'm like, what do we? We got to move to the <laughs> island. What are we doing out here? But then you start like like you going to New York City, you know, mm-hmm. when you were younger, thinking about that and looking at the you know the cost of it, and it's just yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It'd be nice to be closer to family for sure, but yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's a big move too. I mean, getting to the island and and especially where you are on the island, it can be it can add up. Yeah, and and you know you know I can walk to work now or ride or wherever. I usually walk just because it takes a bit longer. And um, uh, if we moved to the island, it would be like well, the accommodations would be more expensive. We'd probably need another car because you yeah. know, and then I'd be commuting like an hour or more to get to where I'm working, and it's like mm, yeah. it's just the logistics don't just doesn't add up yeah, yeah. but no yeah, whatever there's lots of great riding here when when do you do you go to the island every year to visit family yeah i usually make it at least at least once a year if i'm lucky i can kind of kind of get back uh uh more than that more more than that i mean one thing for chicago is that it's it's because it's such a hub or like chicago hair is such a hub you can actually find flights back to uh, like Victoria or Seattle or Vancouver for like relatively inexpensive. So, yeah. um, like I'm lucky enough to be able to get back like once or twice a year and 
visit my friends or, or visit my family really and and uh and do some writing i was gonna ask when you were gonna if you're gonna go this summer but you're gonna be um i think i'm gonna be on the road coming back from the islands when the tour divide starts it's the time yeah. the timing of our vacation it's kind of it kind of sucks because it's always the first week and I've really mm. wanted to go out there with my recorder and just stand at the Grand Depart and like talk to people and just yeah one one year I'll get oh, out yeah. there yeah well, well next year I, I was actually considering uh, oh yeah that's right I was actually considering uh, maybe we'll we'll see with logistics but uh, maybe even like going to Victoria before that to visit my family yeah um, and then going from Victoria to Calgary from there oh shit uh, it would well, definitely be like. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me know. Do, I'll keep a nudge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Let me know. Could yeah. it be cool to do another one of these and maybe go for a ride and then do another chat like face to face with a couple mics. I think it'd be good too. That would, that would be awesome. That'd but this really is, cool. this is much more socially isolating. So this is appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're, we're supposed to be doing. Right now. We're supposed to be so. doing. It's funny. I don't think the, it's not as a, I mean, we live in the mountains. I think the one thing that's been going on lately here is that a lot of the people from big cities are coming to mountain towns during this uh, time of, of isolation. I've kind of addressed it a couple times on the last yeah. couple of podcasts. I'm putting out one today where I kind of like not rant, but I just kind of go on a little bit about it. And it's, you know, we had up until, uh, was it Friday? We found out there's like in Invermere, there's one confirmed case of uh, COVID-19 and it's, mm. and then you've got people who live uh, nearby in Calgary and uh, where there's like, I don't know, 50 cases, 100 cases, yeah. probably more like 50, coming coming here and hanging out here and kind of taxing our resources and whatnot. And and it seems like in the States, like, you know, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they're talking about like San Francisco's in full shutdown. Like, don't leave your house, yeah. stay inside, you know, don't travel. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting spectrum because it seems like the States went from you know, fairly complacent, you know, obviously Trump. Yeah. Fairly complacent yeah. and then turning it around and saying, no, no, full shutdown. I, I think, I mean, I know nothing about American politics, but it seems like, you know, Trump was kind of mouthing off about stuff and then his advisors were like, dude, what the mm-hmm. fuck? It's like, yeah, 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 shut up, read this. <laughs> <laughs> Do this and read this and stop being a jackass. Yeah. Totally, totally. But, yeah, I imagine it's, it's uh, yeah, it's not what people should be should be doing right now not especially like i mean i'm not quite sure how small Invermere is but like four thousand uh, people oh okay yeah very but small. you know some towns only have like one big you know you know grocery store yeah and if you get that gets shut down because of covid19 or whatever it's it's gonna tax a lot of people's resources so yeah we have a we have a large um population of uh of elderly as well right so sure so, Definitely. um, you know, we've got to keep them safe. And I just noticed yesterday where I was out riding bikes with, with Sloan and, and we're just up on our back street and then our neighbor comes out and, you know, it's all good. Um, but it's just such a different thing. Cause ordinarily I'd be standing like, you know, 12 inches from her talking and yeah, like touching, yeah, yeah. Her, playing with her kid and stuff. But, you know, we're talking and we're all like kind of keeping this, this false radius around each other. It's, it's just mm-hmm. very unusual, especially for creatures yeah. who are so social, right? Totally. Yeah. No, very. It's it's a it's a very weird weird time we're in right now. Yeah, your job still go though. Like you're still delivering, and we are. Yeah, we're so we're considered uh, an essential service with the with the new mandate. Um, like you know, food delivery, grocery delivery, all that. Right. Um, but all the restaurants we deliver for um, are uh, are closed for in house service. So only delivery and takeout. Right. So. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, we owe it to our clients to, to stay open right now. Um, cause I mean, we're providing some of like the, their only income that they're able to make. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing too. Delivery, yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about all these businesses like that, uh, you know, if, if I owned a storefront and then like a lot of the business are, are reducing hours and closing their doors and it's just like, God damn it. You know, you got to pay your rent, you got to pay for yeah. your inventory and, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's a pretty crazy time. Yeah, man. yeah. I'm very very lucky to still have a job right now. Yeah. And the fact that our company's like overhead, we don't really have a high ho- overhead. Um, so yeah, we're just we're trying to be as safe as possible and and very conscious of. Uh, I mean, we've I mean, <laughs> our internal uh, as a collective, our internal email uh, 
thread has just kind of been bonkers the last week and a half trying to kind of restructure, you know, because just like workflows totally change and, and uh, trying to staff staff enough and be safe and follow the right precautions. And it's been very hectic for, for I mean, for everyone, but uh, yeah, work has been very interesting. What's the name, the name of your collective again? Uh, we're called Cut Cats Courier. Cut Cats Courier? Yes. Okay. Yeah, a bit of, bit, bit of a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to yeah. you guys for, for keeping the flow of information and product for people though. Cause that's like, you know, you're, you're kind of the front line helping yeah, people get the food sure. and it's, supply. Uh, Are you actually personal shopping for people? Like will people call no, you up so and say, we're, we're mainly doing just like what we, what we always do is just kind of on, on demand food delivery. So like uh, essentially someone calls a restaurant and orders food right. or they order online and then the restaurant, you know, not necessarily calls us, but like we, then we're like alerted that we, we need to have a delivery for them. Right. So it's mainly, mainly just from like restaurants. Yeah. But that's cool though. You're keeping people connected. Right. And keeping people, you know, fed, you probably for give sure. them a, you're probably a bright spot in their day too. Cause not only are you bringing them food, but it's like, Oh, a human being, a different human being yeah. to talk to. <laughs> yeah. People, people have been very, very kind and very friendly and, and uh, understanding and, and appreciative that we're, we're still out there. Yeah. And uh yeah, so it's been it's good. You definitely we've we felt uh, appreciated good. Uh, doing doing the job, which is always a good feeling when you have to be out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for all you guys are doing, and yeah, stay healthy, hey, right? Stay yeah. healthy out there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I know that's actually been a, a fun because uh, <laughs> the usual kind of wish that a customer might it's uh, might might wish you or something. It's like it's raining, and someone goes, "Oh, stay stay dry." Out yeah. There. Stay well. Or, or it's like negative twenty, and someone goes, "Oh, stay warm out there." So, but in like the last week, I've been we've been getting a lot of stay stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. Stay well. Take care of each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we can do. Totally. Robert, thanks for taking some time to talk to me today. Of course, it was yeah, so it was so good to, good to you, see man. you. Good yeah. to see you again. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. I, I was telling you, it's it's like, you know, we, we don't really know each other that well. We've only really interacted sure. maybe a couple times at the start, and then mm-hmm. you know when we encountered each other, uh, I think it was either at the ferry or on the road. I can't remember exactly where, but but uh, you you gave me a good vibe. Like you just you know you're kind <laughs> of a dude I really wanted to talk to, and and I'm glad we connected today. So yeah, same here, man. Yeah, yeah man. I'm glad we talked. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of the day. Yeah, you too. And uh, maybe connect with you in Victoria. Yeah, let me know. Keep in touch and let me know when you're there and we can can connect somehow. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, man. Awesome. Okay. Take care. Peace. Bye. Bye. I want to thank Robert again for his time and thank all of you for tuning in. I didn't ask him at the end, kind of dropped the ball there, but he can be found on social networking, uh, Robert Bigelow Rubin. And uh, on Instagram, his handle is flowers for neural. So you can find him over there. Um, reach out to him let him know what you thought about the conversation and uh, if you have any feedback guest suggestions or voice memos you can send those to me at myback40podcast at gmail.com and you can support me by giving me a five-star rating sharing rating and reviewing the podcast and uh, it's going to help me grow i want to thank my supporters again uh thanks thank you for everything you're doing i'm, I'm glad everyone's enjoying the content and i uh, hope you're getting something out of it We've got lots of great conversations coming down uh in the next few weeks so please stay tuned don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and uh yeah i think that's all i have to say get out there stay healthy be well be kind and keep the rubber side down Thank mm-hmm. you.